Welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. In this episode, David Ayelowo talks about his latest film, Gringo, with moderator Pia Sinaroy on the film's opening night at the Landmark in Los Angeles. Hello. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Happy Friday. Um, how did everybody like that, by the way? Is it good? Awesome. Good to hear. Well, my name's Pia Sinaroy. I'm with Entertainment Weekly. Um, I, uh, there's a special guest in the audience here. Could a Mr. David Oyelowo please come down here? <laughs> here we go. I bet you didn't know he was sitting right here watching it with you guys. What did you think, David? Amazing. <laughs> so this is a pretty fun caper, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of questions for you, but I'm okay. sure you guys do too. Uh, my, the first thing I want to kick off with is, what about the script did you just look at and go, yes, this is it, I've got to do this? Well, well, firstly, I should say thank you so much for coming out on opening night for us. That's, uh, that's a wonderful thing to see you all. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of... Uh, dramatic roles, um, more serious films, as it were. And uh, this is a side of me as well, and I, I uh, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and, um, you know, I was looking for a comedy to do, and this script came along, and it, and it genuinely made me laugh out loud. Um, it was written not for uh, someone like me. It was actually written as a white character. His name was Harold Salinger. Um, and but you know I just could see myself mm -hmm. doing it, and so I sat down with Nash Edgerton, and we uh, we talked about it, and it became apparent that he was interested in me for it. And as we continued to talk, um, there was something about the character. I wasn't interested in playing just a an inherently bumbling guy. I wanted that you know his his propensity towards trusting people and being taken advantage of. I wanted it to be rooted in something that felt real. And so I thought of my parents uh, and their experience of being immigrants to the UK and me growing up. And I watched them navigate a lot of stuff that when we then moved to Nigeria when I was young, they, it was completely different. They were savvy, they were really in tune with what was going on culturally. And then when we were in the UK, I could see them sort of grasping a little, you know, they, they were fish out of water. And mm -hmm. so I thought, you know, and for me, having moved here to LA 11 years ago with my wife and, and then our two kids, who are here, my, my babies, not so babyish now, the <laughs> teenagers. Um, and um, and I, I remember, you know, also having sort of, you know, oh, wow, America, the American dream, I too can be something. Um, and, uh, and there was something about that uh, in the script. And so, you know, we, uh, we sort of bedded that in as well. Well, so one of the things I really enjoyed when I was interviewing you was you saying that, you know, you sort of based Harold a little bit on your on your father, but that your father had never quite found himself, luckily, in the same situation. Yes, I would not advise <laughs> <laughs> going down to Mexico and me messing with the cartel uh, for anyone. Well, so Nash also mentioned that he really enjoyed seeing you do physical comedy. Right. Um, what was your experience of that? Were there were there any moments in this? I mean, you know, Harold does get thrown around quite a lot. Were there any moments you got a bit beat up doing it? 
Oh, I got very beat up. <laughs> I, I got very beat up. But it was a lot of fun to do. I mean, I did a lot of theatre early on in my career and did restoration comedy. I did, you know, several uh, quite physical roles. And um, But it was something I'd never had an opportunity to utilise on film. Um, and Nash, our director, actually came up as a stuntman. So... Um, whenever there was an action element, he was never shy of that. And that was something I haven't had as much opportunity to do on film. So whenever those moments came along, I was very keen to jump in. But, you know, what I didn't want is for it to be self-consciously comic. I like the fact that in the film, yeah, the, the, the comedy or certainly those physical moments come out of the situation rather than them being imposed. And so, but that, that yeah, that was something I... I really enjoyed about doing the film. And Charlize Theron here, who is actually, I, I don't know, who, who liked the character of El Elaine? Because I loved her. Like, she <laughs> had some pretty epic lines in that that were brutal. Yeah. Um, what do you think people like about watching, you know, people behave badly on the screen? Well, Charlize <laughs> is um, worryingly good at being bad. <laughs> I... <laughs> I find, um, yeah, it was it was really funny actually being on set because she's one of the loveliest people I've actually had the opportunity to work with. But as you can see, um, she ha she says some of the most hideous, politically incorrect, just downright nasty things. <laughs> I think I've heard a character say on a film, and she spent so much of her time between takes apologizing to everyone. <laughs> Because, you know, your job as an actor is to be convincing. And right. I, I've got to say, there were times she was a bit more convincing than you would like. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, both Charlize and, and Joel, phenomenal actors, in my opinion, and, and actors I've watched as a fan and now getting to work with them in such close proximity was such a such a pleasure but you know in in many ways my character and his journey is absolutely reliant on them to the hilt playing those characters as they did otherwise i'm not sure that your your empathy mm -hmm. uh you rooting for this guy it will be will be as effective in a sense yeah no totally well he it, harold makes some very interesting <laughs> decisions as well yes parts where i was just like no what are you doing <laughs> trust me i but felt the same way <laughs> <laughs> um i'd love to open this up for questions uh who has a question for david here if anybody because <laughs> i have plenty by the way yes you over there um, she was asked. She asked. Um, the script was written for her, or, or as a white character. How did I, how did it, it come my way? Well, um, you know, when you have good agents, you can actually. Um, oh, I can. There are actors in here. <laughs> I can tell by that titter. Um, yeah, when you have agents who are good and whom you can strategize with. Are you laughing at the fact that I said titter? That's not something you guys say, is it? No, I could see you up there. I could see you up there going, They've got two Brits. Did you say Titter? That's what we care. Um, um, <laughs> wait, wait, you know, in, in, in a bit to strategize with them, we had, what happened for me after I did this film, Selma, in which I played Dr. King, it was, oh, thank you. A few people saw it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, the only downside of playing Dr. King in a movie is that Every single civil rights leader who ever lived 
and is in a script then comes your way. And, and you would think that having played Dr. King, people would be like, okay, he's, he's done Dr. King. <laughs> you wouldn't then get every other one as well. Um, Why not? But, but hey, it. people just thought, you know what? He's clearly <laughs> interested. Let's try our luck. Um, so I got a lot, of, a lot of that kind of stuff, a lot of, you know, worthy characters, all fantastic stuff, stuff that I probably would have really contemplated and considered if I hadn't done that role, but I had done that role. And so I wanted to do something a bit, a bit different. And so um, I had said to them, you know, mm -hmm. comedy is something that I would like to do and, and anything that comes your way, um, please send it to me. I had, I had um, very early on in my career, I had read an interview with Denzel Washington in which he said, early on in his career, he said to his agents, give me anything and everything Harrison Ford is turning down. And he largely built the beginning of his, of his career on, on that because the truth of the matter is still, and it is actually changing, we are right in the middle of change as we speak, but still, characters that have complexity and dimension are often written uh, for white movie stars in, in mind because that's what we have seen, that's what the common wisdom says is box office, and so very rarely um, are screenwriters thinking specifically or even generally, you know what, this character could be anything and everything. What, what we're still in the midst of is if a character is not racial specific or race specific in a script, it's assumed it's a white character. And if it's not a white character, it's stipulated. And the, one of the beautiful things about sitting down with Nash is I said to him, have you, because obviously if he was considering me, I said, uh, have you ever considered this being um, someone who's black or a person of color. And he said, uh, I'm ashamed to say I, I haven't. And I'm especially ashamed to say that because I've been scouting locations in Chicago and there are a lot of black people in Chicago. And I still just never thought of, of, of this guy as that. And he said, it's because I'm white. So I pictured him as white. Um, so they sent it to me um, knowing that, to be perfectly honest, a lot of the stuff, unless it's sort of down the middle, okay, this Kevin Hart's going to play this, um, <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily written for, for someone, someone like me. So it, it, was, um, um, it was a script that, like I say, Harold Salinger was the name, and, um, and I've had other situations like this where characters are not written... Um, as black, and I've, you know, lobbied for the role, and it hasn't gone my way, and I haven't got a, got a meeting. But you know, there are films I've done, like a film I did called Jack Reacher, or Rise of the Planet of the Apes, or Cloverfield Paradox, or Nightingale. These little tiny movies. <laughs> well, you know, I I don't want to assume, <laughs> um, but you know, those are all films that, again, were not written race specific, mm -hmm. and. Um, and probably were even being assumed that they were going to go to white actors. But I've, I've built a portion of my character on finding those roles, fighting for them, and thankfully some of them come my way. And the fact that you were able to make him not just, you know, um, you, you brought the Nigerian immigrant element into the storyline as well, I thought was 
really fascinating. Nash said you were you drove that that whole idea of him not just being like from America, but actually being a Nigerian immigrant living, trying striving for that American dream. Well, I, I'm a believer in the fact that the universal is found in the specific. The more specific the character is, the more that I think people are able to identify mm -hmm. because it feels like an actual three-dimensional human being as opposed to a sort of generalized notion of what we tend to see in movies, a sort of regurgitated character that we've seen before. And even though, you know, someone like Harold is may not be someone you've you've met or know intimately i think by making him specific somehow you're able to key into him a bit more also you know for me uh, harold is the kind of character who in this kind of movie historically speaking, you would see on the periphery of the story. He may be the guy in the office who's a bit of comic relief. He has a couple of one-liners said in his heavy Nigerian accent, and everyone goes, ha, 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 the Nigerian, and then moves on. Um, but, you know, you know the, the, the nice thing, you know, for me, being the child of Nigerian parents, l having lived in Nigeria myself for seven years, knowing what the immigrant experience is, I know mm -hmm. that that is a nuanced, layered, complex, three-dimensional existence that is also worthy of being on the big screen. So it, it, it's, a, it's a pleasure, um, to, to be perfectly frank, see the kind of character that I didn't see in this kind of movie growing up. Yeah, you're getting to see yourself on screen now. That's <laughs> very cool. It's very cool. <laughs> I, I fully recommend it, by the way. <laughs> um, another question. Let's see. There's somebody way up there. You Hi. Shout it out. Do you ever miss the fabulous career you had in the theatre? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I... Uh, and actually, for that very reason, I did a play about a year ago. I did Othello in, in New York and had the most incredible... Did you see it? Oh, okay. Oh, she's, she's a person of good taste, I can tell. Um, <laughs> um, but before doing that production, I had not done a play for 10 years. And uh, that was too long. I, I don't want to do that again. And the reason I say that is because I truly, truly believe that that is where you learn uh, the craft of acting. You can get away with a lot doing movies. You have a lot of people to hide behind. Editors, great direction, great cinematography. Uh, but on the stage, it's this. It's you and me, and we make a pact that we're going to go on a journey for two to three hours. And if I'm telling you lies through my performance, I can tell instantaneously. I can look in your eyes, and I can tell I'm not communicating the truth to you. And you learn a lot by doing, especially if you get to do great plays written by great playwrights. Shakespeare's not too shabby. Um, <laughs> and, and you have that material where indisputably it is it, the reason it's lasted hundreds of years is because it speaks to the human condition. And every night you have another opportunity to try and tell the truth. You dare yourself to go onto a stage and transform into something other than yourself. And what happens when you then are in a film situation where there are lights and there are people picking their nose behind the camera and there's a, there's a, 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 a bounce Wait, board really and a, that really does happen. There's boogers.
pictures all over cameras. Oh, yeah. people are doing all sorts of bizarre things on a film set. Oh, God. A lot of nibbling, a lot of eating, <laughs> um, craft service <laughs> everywhere. Um, don't ever touch the cameras, I guess. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and don't do that. Learning. Don't stay out of my eye line. Um, <laughs> but, but that is something that really pays off mm -hmm. when you know what it feels like in your body to be on a stage with people in front of you and to tell the truth mm -hmm. uninterrupted for two to three hours, that muscle memory remains with you when you are trying to tell the truth under those circumstances. And I definitely felt, having not been on the stage for 10 years, I started to run out. You sort of can feel yourself getting depleted um, in terms of the, 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 the wellspring of resource you have from the theater. The other thing the theater gives you is fearlessness. You know, when you are able to stand in front of hundreds of people every night, uh, I mean, there's nothing more terrifying. You know, it's that, that thing when, sorry, I'm taking a long time to answer <laughs> your question, but I'll say one That's more okay. thing. It's your moment. <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> um, the, the, the terrifying moment when you're doing a play is you're, you're backstage or you're in your dressing room and the show relay is going and you can hear people coming in. And it's the moment you think I could, I could, I could run away. I could just leave the theater, and things would be so much better. Um, but no, you 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 face that fear, and you do it anyway. And that is what builds your muscle as an actor. So if there's any aspiring actors in here, is there anyone who's thinking are there of any aspiring actors? Oh, okay. Go. Oh, say it proudly. There yes, you go, you yes, loud and proud. Um, do theatre, do theatre, do theatre. It will put you in the top 5%, which I'm, of course, not saying I'm in, by the way. Oh, I don't know. You're, you're in my top 5%. Oh, dear. That, <laughs> um, went, that went awry. So, let's see. Um, okay, there are a couple of questions. Yes, sir. Yes, you. <laughs> do you approach doing comedy different than doing drama? Every, every you know, in my... For me, anyway, every role, every film, every situation requires something different. Um, for me, in this, it was about being as truthful as I could be in any given moment and let the absurdity of the situation hopefully be the thing that is comedic as opposed to mm -hmm. being over, you know, trying to be funny. So, for instance, the moment where I am being injected with the microchip. <laughs> I, David, have an apoplectic fear of needles. <laughs> so... That felt real. Yeah. So, you know, the, the scream I make in the film <laughs> is what I'm doing inside every time I go to the doctor and I'm about to be injected. So that felt completely real to me. Um, so, you know, you, any... Any moment like that, that is... That was a you, great scream. Thank you. I don't really know where that came from. Even just watching the film, I just go, I don't know that I could even do that right now. <laughs> um, so anyway, in answer to your question, it's, it's, it's more situational. And to be honest, uh, being guided by, by Nash, our, our director, that was, that was the key on this one. I think we have time for one, one more. Um, oh, yes, aspiring actor, sir, please. Um, so he's referring to a film I did called Chaos Walking. Uh, Doug Lyman is directing, and I play a character called Aaron, who, yes, he is a man of faith. He's also a little crazy. <laughs> um, you know, and that's what I was interested 
in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a man of faith myself. I'm a Christian. And so, you know, whenever that is something that can be looked at thematically within a film in a complex way, not in a proselytory way, but in a complex way, it interests me because it's a part of my own intrigue about life and the world. And, and I have enough conversations around it that I think it's worthy of being on film. Um, in that film, there's a very interesting conceit which is, in the future, we live in a world where women can hear and see the thoughts of men. Doesn't that sound amazing right now? <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I know. <laughs> but men can't do the same with women. Damn straight. And um, <laughs> this, sounds, this, sounds accurate. this is your movie, I can tell. Um, and... What the men do is that the, it drives them crazy to the point whereby they kill the women. They they literally get rid of the women. This and of course, terrible. I know it took a turn. I've ruined. Took a real dark I've, turn. It's real based quick. on a, a, a young adult novel. It's fantastic. Um, but uh, <laughs> but but what happens is a woman infiltrates again after several years of it being just men who can live with the fact that everyone is the same. And it's just a very intriguing sociological, anthropological <laughs> conceit. And then you have this zealot in the middle of it that I play who sees women as this threat. And it, 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 in many ways, it's, it's really interesting, having done that film before the Me Too Time's Up movement. Yeah, how does because, that feel? Well, it's going to be interesting <laughs> come March 1st <laughs> of 2019. Um, because we should meet up again and have this chat. We then. will be having, let's all meet here, guys. March we'll 1st, it's a date. Make sure you're here and we will talk about it. But, you know, I was just intrigued by the conceit, and Doug Lyman, I think, is a genius and. Uh, yeah, that's I'm I'm always drawn to things that scare me and that and that definitely did this did in its own way playing Dr. King did in its own way. You know, I always want to challenge myself and go to places that intrigue and interest me hoping that the audience will feel the same way. Well, I love that. I think this definitely uh this this had that effect. I feel oh. like you achieved it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was hugely amused by Harold and uh, I hope if I am ever in Mexico and in the same situation that I Hopefully, get out of it. Well, like make better choices than him, I would Maybe say. Maybe make better choices, yes, right. Okay, yes. don't go to Mexico and get kidnapped by a cartel. Yes. Got it. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks, Congratulations. guys. Congratulations. Gringo opens. Tell everybody to go see it again. Please and, do. Yeah, thank you for your time. Really nice to see you all. Bless you. Thank Have you. weekend. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and also check out the Landmark Theatre's YouTube channel for videos of these Q&As and other exclusive content.